This is Aaron Levine, LG Insurance, with another episode of the And Insurance Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about business processes or something along those lines and some insurance stuff with our good friend Stephen Fry, the SMB guy, as he likes to call himself. You know, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for not wearing your sunglasses today. When I was on your show, um, you know, it's always Friday. Get it? Friday, F-R-E-Y-D-A-Y. I can I can almost do his whole shtick um, that he does every Friday on talkradio.nyc. Check him out on Facebook, Facebook Live. You have great guests. You have an intriguing conversation. And I'm like, I got to return the favor and have Steve join me on the Ant Insurance Podcast and talk a little bit about what Steve does what Steve likes to do about his show and everything else in between. Steve, thanks so much for uh, for joining me in the studio today. Thanks so much for having me, Aaron. I feel like it's a long time coming. I'm very excited. <laughs> you canceled on me a few times. Um, I won't hold that too much against you. Just send me some more referrals over, and then we'll be then we'll be good to go. Coming right you up. Know, you asked me what like oh what's the format? I'm like we're just gonna sit in front of the microphone and we're gonna talk a little bit. And don't worry, we'll figure it out. And he's like, I'm not worried at all. We'll definitely we'll definitely do that. We want to provide some tips for business owners um, in this crazy business environment that we're we're in right now. Things are things are wild. Yeah, to say the least. Forget inflation, just business in general with with labor shortages and technology and everything else going on. Things are things are a little bit nutty. So give us a little bit about your background. Who is Stephen Fry? Who is your the main company that you work for? And I say that purposefully because uh, you have a lot of a lot of irons in the fire. Um, and let's get a little bit about your background and talk about business. Yeah. So went to the University of Maryland, was always a people person, as you can imagine, love to have conversations, <laughs> love to tell stories, uh, majored in information systems for business services, as well as finance. So a lot of processes and systematic scalability and and uh, also learning about the different types of products that are available out there and where they fit in somebody's overall picture. Uh, worked for uh, a company when I graduated from Maryland that was part of their small business incubation program. And I was immediately bitten by the idea of you know, entrepreneurship, watched the company go from eight people to 35 people, wow. went to go work for a friend's mortgage company during that uh, fun subprime mortgage <laughs> crisis way back in the day. Always loved real estate too, always been a passion of mine. Uh, but you know, again, entrepreneurial venture, nine, 10 people when it started, right. 25 people by the time I left and just really got bitten by the idea of working with entrepreneurs on a daily basis. So went to go work for Paychex for 10 years after that, which- I'm sorry. I, pr I appreciate the condolences. Uh, but yeah, about, about a decade there. So, you know, as you know, some people would you know, have perceptions about organizations like that, you know, one really big positive thing that comes out of it are the amount of relationships that you make both internally with the folks that you work with and externally with referral sources. And I was, I was seeing 500 to 600 business owners wow. a year for 10 years. So it's, you know, and I, and I make fun of that, you know, lightly, but it's also working for these large corporations that have good processes and good training programs is a tremendous benefit for young people coming right out of college, right? You know, everybody wants to own their own business, especially nowadays, everybody can do it better themselves. I'm guilty, I've been there, done that, you know, made a lot of mistakes along the way. But I worked right out of college for a large corporation who had great processes, uh, technology wasn't so great back then. And, you know, you get to learn a lot. So people that do go to work in the ADP or the paychecks 
get that sales training that's you know tremendously valuable for the rest of for the rest of your life the sales training and the field experience i would say too just the ability to see five to six hundred business owners a year you can line up 10 different business owners from the same industry and ask right. them what do you do and they'll get very similar <laughs> answers from each one of them but you really start to get to know them as as people Right. You know, why they do what they do, how they got there. And you're going to get 10 different stories that really right. give you a little insight as to as to what makes them tick and what's important to them. So spend some time in the financial services world after that. I, I do have securities and insurance licensing as nice. well. So love to be able to to wrap with you on similar <laughs> topics. Uh, but but yeah, in the in the in the mutual fund and 401k world, doing some national distribution. And, you know, it's another perspective there flying around the country, you know, before pandemic times wow. where that was a common thing to be on the road, you know, one to two weeks a month. It's a you know, totally different type of lifestyle, which is coming back now, but it's not going to be right. how it was for a good long time, if ever. I can, I can, I can definitely, I can definitely feel that, you know, you said, you said a key word a little while ago, you used the word conversations. Um, I was listening to a great, great podcast host that I listen to often, Seth Godin, yeah, um, the Akimbo podcast, you know, and I forget which, which week it was, but it was a question from a listener. He always takes questions from listeners at the end of the show. And one of the questions was meeting versus, you know, like Seth says, I don't take meetings. But then during his rant, he's like, I don't take meetings, but I'll have conversations. Right. You know, and I love that concept. And you said that, you know, having conversations with five to 600 business owners instead of having meetings. Yeah. Right. The connotation of a meeting is forceful and you're making me sit there and you're going to put a proposal in front of me. It's like, you know, no, I want to have conversations. I want to learn from all these different business owners and figure out how they operate and how I can then work myself with their system to make their systems better and refine their business processes, um, I think is super, super important. And I think that's a lot where I lead today, too, is I want to learn about your business. I want to know what you're doing. And how can I help you with the products that I sell to make a living, you know, make your life easier? Because, you know, business is in chaos in a lot of state, states right now, especially with so much technology coming in. Technology keeps getting bolted on in so many different ways. Yep. We need to figure out how to streamline it and, and bring it together. So, you know, tell me a little bit about what you're doing today to earn, earn your key living. And uh, let's move that into the business process conversation. Yeah, so I, I work with Heartland, uh, Heartland Payroll and Payment Solutions as a senior product advisor and now a territory manager as well. Thank you, sir. Uh, I have my, my own weekly podcast and radio show that I do, Always Friday, as you said, talkradio.myc. We'll, we'll, we'll put the link somewhere uh, in one of these thingies, wherever you put the links. Yeah, some, somewhere in the, <laughs> in, in the interweb out there. Uh, I have my own consulting organization that, okay. I've, that I've had for the last five years. So, you know, doing work on the, on the business and management consulting side for whether it's startup or established businesses. And I, I act as director of business solutions for a wealth management firm called SDA Wealth Strategies that's based out of Hudson County, New York as well. But you, you yourself had said something important in the last couple of uh, tidbits that you threw out there. You know, you talked about the products that you sell and then also the idea of technologies that are available out there. You know, and a lot of times I'll look at the two as, yeah, a lot of times people are beginning their conversations with the products and wares that they sell and right. the technologies and apps that are available. And they're skipping over the whole 
people part and the whole process part sure. of execution. And I, you know, don't get me wrong, I love to know about products and technologies that are out there. Right. Like it's something that's been fairly dominant throughout right. my life, but there is no substitute for surrounding yourself with good people, whether it's people who are assisting you in what you do or strategic relationship types right. of partners where you can complement them. And then you know, really getting to know the people who you're working with. And that's, you know, goes back to the conversation part. Instead of some of the uh, acronyms that are out there at, at uh, Paychex, it was called an EUP, an end user presentation. Okay. At Heartland, it's called an FTA, a first time appointment. <laughs> you know, but that's, you know, and that's all well and good as far as how organizations kind of keep track of activity. Right. But what's really important is getting to know the people and what makes them tick and what's important to them and what their vision is and what sure. their goals are. I met with a young man today, um, about a year out of college, working for a vendor partner of mine. Um, I was asked to come in and, and speak with him. We met for coffee. Um, great kid, you know, has a great attitude and really super personable. And he's asking me great questions, which I love. I'm like, you know, and I said to the person that he was with, I said, he's asking phenomenal questions right now. And he wanted to know some ideas on what I think. And I said, look, when you're out there cold calling, that's great and all, making marketing drops, it's great and all. I want you to walk in the door, say hello, introduce yourself, here's my card, I may be hosting an event in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna connect with you on LinkedIn, nice to meet you, and then turn around and walk out the door. I don't want you to ask for a meeting or try to take any more than those 42 seconds of introduction, because then you're gonna turn around and leave and the guy's gonna be like, hmm, this guy respected my time, you know, he might have something for me in the future, I'm not trying to shove anything down my throat. He's going to give before he receives, you know, somebody I may interact with, or I'll at least accept his invitation on LinkedIn when he sends it out to, to me tonight. Right? right. So, and that's for me sitting on the other side of that desk, you know, being called upon, you know, I love that approach. And that's the building block of that relationship is the hello, let's connect you know, then we can take the next step in our relationship, right? It's the, the people, what they, how they do the dating now, the swiping, right? You know, <laughs> I don't know anything about that, you know. Um, so it's, it's really, you know, keeping things as simple as possible. Yes. You know, and then we interweave that technology, technology back into it. I just love that approach to it is just a short, sweet, to the point, non-aggressive, Let's, let's not push product, let's push relationships, yeah. you know, and then use our technology so we can build more relationships and be better at it. Like I love when I talk to somebody like, oh, we talked about this three years ago. And I'm like, thank you Salesforce for remembering that, you know, <laughs> but I'm glad you brought it up because it, it makes us all happy to remember what we were talking about. You know, in, in general, you said a couple of important things there, too. And like in order for things to, to really take, you have to give a little bit. And that comes from more of a service mindset. And right. you know, service is, is different than product, even though people sell products, services, you know, something that's packaged. You know, having a service mindset is a little bit different. It's you know, really, again, going back to the conversation, getting to know the people, getting to know where they're trying to go. You know, when, you, when you're an insurance broker, you're a financial advisor, that's most of the job is helping people with, here's where they are now, here's where they wanna go, and here's collectively how we should all get there together. You know, as opposed to trying to push something that's packaged and commoditized. And, right. you know, again, that's another thing too, is in, a lot, in the industries that we, we work in and around, 
you know, a lot of times things can feel commoditized right. because of you know the way some practices of distribution have been carried out over the years, but just also in general people's mindset, the way they, they look at things is, you know, it's hey, it's some of it's about the race to zero, some of it is, <laughs> you know, some some of it, yeah, a lot of it's about the race to a zero. A lot of it's actually. about the race to zero until you build a relationship. <laughs> yeah, right. Then there's a value in in the relationship. Yeah, you know, which is important, and that's where you know working together because we have some cross pollination, I guess you would, I don't know what you call it, um, of <laughs> services to help each other work together to help businesses do what they need to do. And there's other key partners that we can bring in in certain situations to create an a la carte style PEO. If a traditional PEO is not the right fit for an organization, I think we're working on, we're working on one right now where we're putting together an entire package to give somebody the PEO feel, but at the end of the day, I think we're saving them about $90,000 across the board between the service providers that we're bringing from yourself, myself, uh, Toby, and then I think we're bringing in a 401k company as well, Human yeah. Interest, to, to help along the lines. And I know I was with Brian a couple of weeks ago, we're gonna get Human Interest on the podcast and start talking about their 401k automation and you know how they can help small business now especially with the new requirements for retirement planning and support by the employers to be able to put things in place for smaller businesses that couldn't traditionally afford to put a 401k in. Yep. And and solutions like PEO when they're a fit, they can be a great fit. But they're not always the, the right fit, right? It's just about the way things are packaged and delivered. Right. You know what we're going to be able to do for this particular client, you know, a lot more consultation, definitely some cost savings. <laughs> But you know, don't forget the first couple of letters of PEO. <laughs> PEO, it's in people. This is all about the people. You know, what, right. you know how you're catering to the to the people. Who are the you people? Know. Is it the employers or the employees? Right, and the employers need to cater to the employees, and we need to make sure that that all funnels down to the employee level to keep it as simple as possible, easy to use, get the technology working together as we do between payroll and workers' comp when we can put it on a pay-as-you-go basis. You know, and then integrating the other automated pieces to it also. It it, it works really nice. Yeah. You know, being being people centric and having conversations, which we've talked a bunch about thus far, very important. You know, getting to the next phase of things, really good process of execution. I'm coming off of one of the most exciting softball wins I've had in a long time last night. Nice. So, you know, me, softball and golf, things that I love to do. Uh, but, you know, I just think of a lot of times, I think in terms of, of sports analogies and golf and softball being the, right. the genesis of a lot of that. I have to check on the PGA Championship. That's Now you know which day we're, we're recording this. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> strike that from the record. No, but the uh, the idea in, in baseball and softball, you know, you have all the folks out in the field. Before every pitch, you have to think, what am I going to do if the ball's hit to me? Because if you wait for the crack of the bat, and a lot of times this is relatable to HR and the right. payroll world and the insurance world, sure. right? If you wait for the crack of the bat, it's usually too late. Like you might actually, you might make the right play. You might, <laughs> you might do what you got to do, but your chances are significantly less. Right than when you think, what am I gonna do if the ball's hit to me? And in our world, it's, it's just a matter of you know, having the conversation, getting to know the story of the business owner and what makes them tick and where they are and where they wanna go, but then being able to know, okay, now I got, the ball's been hit to me, who am I, who am I throwing it to? Sure. Who am I bringing into the play? Right. And that's one of those that walk off 13-12 last <laughs> night, just really had, had me in the, had the right mindset. Uh, it's great that you can find time for it, especially now that the weather's getting nicer. It, it's just, it's awesome to be able to be outside and, 
and execute in such a great fashion. So congratulations on uh, on on a, on a on a nice win. You know, you talk about technology and integration and and who you're going to throw it to. You know, I've been working with not working with working on a possibility. There's companies out there, ones that I'm interviewing right now that help streamline. You know, they're they act as consultants, but they know the technology that we use in the insurance space. Mm-hmm. Because if I tell you my tech stack cost me $5,000 a month, I'm not kidding. For a small business, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And it's sometimes it doesn't, not everybody's, not everybody's talking to one another. Yeah. You know, and not, I don't have the time to figure out how to get everybody to talk to one another. So there's companies out there that I'm working to interview to bring in that know the insurance business and know yeah. the tech stacks that are potentially out there to make it better, which again, at the end of the day, makes it better for all of our customers. Um, and employees. I want to make my employees' lives better too mm-hmm. by bringing tech to be able to support their efforts so they can do more FaceTime when it when it comes down to it. It goes back to people in process before the products. And you, you mentioned Salesforce before. That's a, a key example of what you just said. Right. You know, Salesforce, flagship CRM system, customer relationship management. You know, people use it all the time in a lot of different industry verticals. You know, but a lot of times people businesses that take it on will, will think, hey, I, I license Salesforce, I have it, I'm good to go. <laughs> well, how are you going to implement it? Oh, we're just going to, we'll hire a couple of hourly employees to come in, they'll, they'll figure it out. Right. And it's just like a lot of people, that's when they realize that a lot of the money that gets spent with putting a you know, stack like that together and a solution like that together is in who you pay to implement it. And, right. that, and that's all about getting to know the business and what's important to them right. and what's important to their clients, their customers, but also their employees and being able to, to deliver it with as, as much ease as possible. Keep it, keeping it, keeping it simple. So now I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears. Let's go. I want to learn more about your podcast. You started your podcast early COVID. You're on talkradio.nyc. Um, tell me a little bit about who you're interviewing and, and what you have going on with the podcast. Who, who do you have coming up next? I've been a guest, so, you know, I think I get one of those awards for being great guest. <laughs> you do, absolutely. <laughs> so, yep, started during the pandemic. Uh, Always Friday with Stephen Fry, your SMB guy, on talkradio.myc, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Fridays. Uh, you know, I was always told I had a face for radio, so really wanted to take advantage of that. You know, in, in, in all candor, I had spent a lot of time over the last 10 years doing some national account work and flying around the country. And you can't be everywhere at once, right. Right? especially if you're covering a lot of territory. I was using virtual meetings fairly early on. So when the pandemic hit, it was something that I, w- I was already familiar with and came natural and was just you know knocking things out as if really nothing had changed. And it just began to feel like the calls that I was having, whether they were with internal partners, external strategic partners, end user clients, or all of the above, there was some great thought and content being produced mm-hmm. from it. So uh, around around the time I had that thought, I met the executive producer of, <laughs> of TalkRadio.myc, and we talked about you know putting putting a show together. So nice. you know, interviewing small, medium-sized business leaders as well as their trusted advisors on a weekly basis, you know, really trying to get some some stories, some perspective. And, you know, then also maybe some ability for connections, whether it's, you know, me with them, them with me or them with the whole audience or right. other guests that I've interviewed within sure. within uh, the, the couple of years that it's been going on. So September will be two years. Wow. And it's just, you know, I know you feel the same thing with what you're doing with End Insurance. 
it's 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 great to be able to amplify your voice and the voice of your your partners and the folks that you're working with, you know, but also be able to to generate some great content. Right. And it's all about content, right? You don't have a YouTube channel. I don't know why. You know, you have great content, but you're not sharing it good well enough. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. But at the end of the day, it's, right, you're a subject matter expert. You know the right people in different spaces, right? And you're able to share that with the smallest viable audience and or the world, right? Whoever cares to, you know, participate and, and listen and be educated. Um, anytime I listen to one of your pod, podcasts, I email myself. I, that's, I take notes by sending myself emails. Me too. Right? So I grab my phone and I'll send myself an email so that it sits in, in my inbox so that I remember something because I'll forget so quickly. Um, but I'll do that. I'll be listening to your show. And I'm like, oh, you know, you had a cybersecurity expert on who wrote a book and I went right to her website, downloaded the free ebook. I forget her name, but, you know, um, it was a great conversation that you had. And that actually prompted me to reach out to um, my managed service provider, my MSP that I use to River Computer. Mm -hmm. And we set up a new backup system for all of our data. Like we're even backing up our Google workspace. So our emails are backed up um, in three different places, right? She used a method of three, two, one, three backups, mm -hmm. two on-site, one off-site, right? I see, yep. I remember things. Um, and that's how I have it set up. I've got three backups in a backup system of even our Google accounts, which is unheard of. Like, why would I back up my email? It's Google, that should be fine. Well, if something happens or I have an employee that goes rogue and does something silly, I have that backed up then for 30 days, I can go back and find everything at, at that time um, and have a screenshot of what their system looks like. You know, so I'm watching everything, although we're really not. Um, but if shit hits the fan, then I really can, I have everything and it's I can make it portable if I want to make it, make it go with me. I mean, this system is, you know, the size of, you know, a cinder block it doesn't weigh <laughs> that much. And I could pick it up and, and take it with me if there was ever an issue. And we had a guest from Surfro on and talking about hurricane season and, well, I can pick up my data and take that in my laptop wherever I need to go. And I'll, I'll have everything and, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to restore and get back to work as quickly as possible because that's the goal, right? So that's one of my processes for my restoration and my get back to business when something happens is having that redundant backup or multiple backups to, to be able to do that. So see, I learned something from your podcast. It just cost me a lot of money though. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I heard some of the content from that show as well with John from, from Surfro. And uh, I, I think about it as my Armageddon bag usually with the corner of the room to, to, to grab it. But no, I mean, you know, business continuity planning, disaster recovery planning. And these are topics that have been conversations of mine with business owners for years, right. but they look a little different now than they did years ago. Right. And you know, again, the more the more things change, the more they stay the same in some aspects. But you know, as it relates to cybersecurity and and all of that nowadays, it's it's a totally different world. We're it's, we're it's, completely dependent on technology, and it's a matter of of when you have a breach or an issue that Not puts you out of business, right? It's yeah. a it's a it's a it's a when, um, and it's going to happen if it hasn't happened to all of us. It's currently happening to all of us, and we just don't know about it uh, because you know the criminals are always a, a step ahead. Of, yeah. of everything that, that we're doing. Not to be doom and gloom here. We want to talk about good business process, yeah. but 
you know, being prepared for things to go wrong is super important, whether you're in retail service or, or, or any other type of business. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'm not really in the business of, of scaring business owners or, or threatening them that something is going to happen, but there's, there's definitely the idea of calculated risk and trial by fire. Right. And you're, and you're right. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. Right. So a lot of the advice that Kathy from, from my show and you know some of the other folks that I've spoken to about cybersecurity and business continuity planning is they'll tell you, you need to think like a criminal a little bit. And <laughs> it sounds fun. It's, it's, it sounds fun. <laughs> you, if you picture the yacht out in the, in the middle of the ocean. I just yeah. need a yacht. Yeah, exactly. Anybody got a yacht I can borrow? That'd be a great place to do an on-location podcast if we had great waterfront uh, you know, so putting it, that out there to the uh, YouTube universe, if you have a yacht that I can borrow to bring a camera to and you want to be interviewed, like, make it happen. Yeah, I'll bring the mics. I'll come too. Uh, <laughs> and I'll, bring, I'll bring the cocktails also. I mean, we'll, 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 make, we'll make an event out of it. It'll be, it'll be a good time. So we really didn't talk about HCM too much, which was kind of the plan today, but you are in the payroll and card processing and, and human capital management business, as, as you call it today. Yeah. Um, What's changed in that space over the last couple of years? Let's spend a couple minutes talking about just that, what employers should know and be able to do with respect to managing their employees and making sure obviously everybody gets paid. You wanna get paid as a business owner, your employees wanna get paid as your employees, and that's where you know Heartland Payment Systems, systems or solutions, systems? Heartland, Heartland Payroll Solutions, Heartland okay. Payment Systems. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See, I got it right twice. Um, <laughs> you know, comes in comes into play and you know can help a business out. So, talk a little bit about you know the products that you sell after you know to help people with their processes so you can actually make a living. Yeah. So, with, with respect to the, the two big sides to Heartland, there's the payroll HR side, which you can think of that as the movement of money and information between the company and its employees. And then there's the payment side, the movement of money and information between the company and its clients, its customers, its vendors, all of the above. So no matter what, with both of those big buckets, there's kind of some basic needs that, that business owners have. They might not need everything that's available in the Heartland mm -hmm. suite of services and, and solutions, but there's basic need. If you have a business and you have employees, or even if you don't have employees, you still check two of the three boxes of having payroll HR needs, right? right? So, you know, have, having, the, having the payroll service knocked out for you, you know, a lot of times over the years, people have had their accountants do it. Most accountants that you talk to out there don't necessarily want to be in that business. Very few of them want to still be in that business. They'll outsource it to providers like Heartland in a heartbeat. No pun intended, uh, but you know, just to really take the burden off of off of their shoulders and to and to automate the process a little bit with some of the the technology enablement, and then on on the payment side, most every business out there, even ones that traditionally only took cash, are now taking credit cards, and there's the whole discussion of surcharging also now that there's cash discount, yeah. well, <laughs> surcharging cash discount too. There. Yeah, R related but different, but yes, <laughs> like there's basic needs around all of that. So, but then there's multiple levels deeper in each bucket. So, you know, on the, the payroll HR side, it really is everything from hire through retire. So applicant tracking systems, People talk about the great resignation and how difficult it is to find good help. It's not just in the restaurant, hospitality, leisure space, which I know you know plenty about, sure. you know, trying to find 
folks that are going to really stay with the business. It's every industry nowadays as a result of, you know, largely the pandemic. But, you know, the, the great resignation is a real thing. But also being able to streamline the whole process and find the right talent and get qualified candidates, right. you know, targeted for you is a whole industry in and of itself. There's multiple providers and technologies out there that that's all they do. Right. So, you know, have, having Heartland Hire doing applicant tracking systems, great. Electronic onboarding, being able to screen people up front for tax credits. There's one called Work Opportunity Tax Credit, where if an employee fits nine different classifications, they, the employer, after they, the employee's worked 120 hours, it triggers the credit. Right. So if you don't file for it within the first 28 days of the, of the person's employment, though, you can't get it. Right. So those are all just little, you know, little types of tidbits where... A lot of times, you know, the phrase "you don't know what you don't know" comes up. You know, I know that's a you know an overcooked one a little bit, but you know, it's it's having it as part of the steps one, two, three, four of this is this is what happens. So, electronic onboarding, port them over to the payroll side. There's the concept of time and attendance record keeping, which some businesses need, some don't. But the ones that need it very often really need it, especially if they're labor intensive or they have trucks out in the field. The Heartland time and attendance system is geotagged and geofenced. Wow. So being able to really you know keep tabs on folks so they can't punch in and out from their couch while they're playing <laughs> video games and drinking <laughs> beer is you know, that concept is, yeah, I know, I hate to spoil the part. <laughs> but you know, and then on the payment side, you know, it's not just credit card processing. Merchant processing is you know, something that people think of as a commoditized industry, something that's about if you could do it cheaper for me, great. Uh, Heartland happens to be one of few direct processors out there as, yeah. if used to brokered solution, as opposed to brokered solutions. So you know, something where can definitely get aggressive on fees. But it's not just about that. There's e-commerce solutions. There's POS systems, point of sale. There's invoicing needs, anything that's AC you know, moving back and forth between vendors, you know, all of that stuff. There's even capital lending from, from Heartland. You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll refer to my bank partners that I work with for, for those types of needs. But, you know, Heartland Capital, there's something that they could do, get, get loans for small businesses. Yeah. So, so really, you know, it's, it's not just limited to the couple of basic needs. There's a whole bunch of wants and wish lists in there, too. Right. But, you know, really, it's... It comes back to really getting to know the business and having the the conversation, you know, both getting to know them personally, individually, and then how everything applies to the business world. Because usually paints a clearer picture of which aspects of the service they need, a little bit of the customer journey. I like to begin with the end in mind, but there's there's a lot to be learned from the journey. Yeah, so, I mean, then that's the same, you know, way we've structured the podcast conversation today. We didn't talk about the business products until the very end of our conversation. Yeah. And that same way that you approach, you know, prospective, you know, clients of yours and, and mine is how can we, what are you doing? How can we help you? And then, oh, by the way, these are the products that you're going to purchase so you can fund the work that we do as consultants and professionals in the space that we're in. So we're going to find the solutions and that's how we're going to help you out. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to save you money on your total cost of processing or your total cost of risk when it comes to insurance or moving money, right? That's the goal. And that total cost is not the dollar amount on an invoice. It's everything else that goes into it. The Heartland tech stack can streamline significantly, save you labor hours, um, you know, so long as you have the right person to help you set it up and engage with. Um, and unfortunately, it's not the guy that's fresh out of college that's knocking on doors trying to sell you payroll and taking 25 cents off per employee. 
you know, to hope to make the first sales. And those guys are good too because we need them to learn. But at the end of the day, working with a professional like Stephen um, is really going to help your business go a long way. So, Stephen, thank you so much for joining me today on the uh, on the microphones without your sunglasses on. You can put them back on now, um, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. Appreciate Thanks. it, Eric. Great to be here. Great to see you. Thank you.